This is part three of an afternoon that I got to spend with Denise Donahue, the mortgage nerd, and we're talking about the Dallas-Fort Worth area real estate market. In the previous episodes, we talked about what's happening with the market and how many people are moving here, along with what to expect if you're thinking about buying, but you're thinking about waiting. You also learned about the different loan regulations and if you're a non-citizen, how you can still purchase a home. Hi everyone, if we haven't met yet, I'm Troy Sage, local realtor, and I'm dedicated to doing real estate differently. I'm also the host of Real Estate Talk. And in this episode, Denise and I are going to discuss interest rates, teaser rates, the actual rate that you're gonna pay when you get a mortgage, and the different choices you have as a buyer when it comes to finalizing your actual mortgage when you purchase a home. So grab a cup of coffee, dig in, and check this out. Buyers get confused on interest rate and then what the actual rate is going to be because we see these, what I call teaser rates, maybe you call them the same thing, mm -hmm. where a, uh, a buyer will say, hey, I can get I'll just make up a number. Yeah. I can get 7%. And then the lender that I have referred or mm -hmm. a lender that they've already talked to has said, no, it's seven and a quarter. Right. And we're in escrow and they come back mm -hmm. and they say, oh, this other lender can get me in at six and a half. And right. it's no points. It's no this and no that. W would you uh, explain the difference in the teaser rate and the actual rate that people have to pay? I would love to because interest rates are such an important topic and they're a hot topic right now, but my goodness, they are confusing. And I often wonder if they're confusing for a reason, but here is what the banks won't tell you. So if you go to Google and you type in mortgage backed securities, what you might not realize is that interest rates not only change every single day, they change multiple times throughout the day. And I think, Sometimes clients will hear that, most of the time they don't, but if they do hear it, they think that it might be a little bit untrue, but it is absolutely true and you can pull it up yourself on any kind of Yahoo Finance or anything and just track the mortgage-backed security or the bond price. And the reason why that's important is because your interest rate is never locked in until you're under contract and you have an address and a close date because a lender looks at 30 different components to shop an interest rate for you. And it, yes, it's your FICO score, it's your down payment, but it's also the type of home that you're buying. It's when your close date is, it's what county you're buying in, it's whether or not it's a town home or a single family home. And so what the process usually looks like is you might go online first and look at what are the average rates. Well, they're going to give you the, average rates nationwide. And if you read the fine print, it's going to say 40% down or two points. Nobody knows what two points if, means. If they read the fine print. If they even yeah, read the fine the print. Thing. Yeah. But that's usually how the process starts. Oh, I saw this rate advertised online. Well, it's an advertisement. So the rate's really big and the important stuff's really small. Nobody reads the small stuff. Then you might go a step further and get pre-qualified by the lender. And in the process of getting pre-qualified, a lender has to estimate a payment for you. And to do that, we have to use an interest rate to estimate a payment. And so depending on the lender that you're working with, would you rather work with a lender at that stage? You haven't found a house yet. Right. To look at best case interest rates or worst case interest rates, which means lowest payment possible or highest payment possible when you're getting a budget together to go out and start shopping for a home. Most lenders will use 
best case. But I just told you that interest rates change all the time and Lord, this year they have been a massive roller coaster. My approach is to take the conservative approach. I would rather overestimate payment, a payment so that when you do find your dream home and we actually look at interest rates where we can shop them for you, where we have a definitive property type, location, county, close date, and I can say, good news, your interest rate came in lower than what we estimated. So now this dream home just costs you less money Usually that's a better client experience, much better experience than the opposite. But if you're in that pre-qual stage and maybe you got that rate and you a week passed by and you see something on social media or you see something on Google and it's lower than maybe the rate that was used, we just naturally think, oh, I can get a better rate with that bank that, and it's like, it's just, it's an advertisement. There's 30 different components that go into interest rates. And if we look at rates at 9 a.m. versus 4 p.m., it could be a smidge different. So it's it's a moving target. And I think that's yeah. what makes it so hard. And it's a complex one because you have over 20 different interest rates available to you when the lender goes and locks an interest rate. But how many options do you think a buyer actually gets? One, maybe two, maybe three. But there's 20 that's available to them. Yeah. I don't feel like... It should be my decision. I feel like you should see behind the curtain, see all the rate options that you have available. And then I'm going to run an analysis that says, okay, let's pick these three and let, let's fast forward you in each one. And I'm going to use a three-year time period, even though you could be in this home for 10, but because of the rate market that we're in and we're expecting rates to come down, let's take these three, run an analysis over the next three years and see which one's going to save you the most money because every rate has different costs and fees. It's not just about the interest rate, which is why that fine print is so important. See, so again, and this has been my theory for all the years I've been in real estate is having a solid game plan. Mm -hmm. And for some buyers, a game plan might be, I need to get in and I don't care what it's going to cost. And I'll worry about that in the future. We all have different personalities. But for most, especially in today's market, they want to know what's it going to cost today? How can I get the best deal? And what can I do in three to five years from now, or even two years from now, if the rates start to change a little bit? And that's, that's what you're talking about Absolutely. is that there's, there's options. Right. If interest rates went to, we were talking before we started all this, yeah. that when I started, interest rates were at 12%. And when they dropped down to 9.5%, it was like everyone won the lottery and they were buying homes. Um, heaven forbid interest rates go to 12%. That would, that would hurt way more in today's world than mm -hmm. it did when I first started in real estate. But if they go up to 9%, they go up to 10%, those that are buying here at 7 are ahead of the game, plus we're still right. having the appreciation rates according to all the data that we gave right. earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is it's the wealth is made because people were buying homes in the 80s and there was 14%. And so I always tell people, I asked my dad when he bought our house growing up, we lived in that house for, well, I lived in it for 17 years, but I think he owned it for 26. And I was like, how much did you buy that house for? I think it was $69,000 that he paid. Yeah. And it was at an interest rate of like 14%. Yeah. And fast forward to today, I'm like, if you still kept that house, I think it's worth like 450000 right now. Yeah. Would you care what the interest rate was? Like, you know, you could probably retire if he had he kept it, but he didn't care what the rate was. It's, again, like you mentioned from the beginning, you need a game, game plan. You need to know your numbers. You need to budget. And if you can afford the monthly payment the appreciation will make you money.
but you don't want to get into something like this and buy above your means. That's definitely not a good way to get into a home is it, to overspend. For sure. Or anything. Right. Or anything. And, and we do see that happen. We do see people say, oh, well, I can afford X amount and it's really at their limit. And then a hiccup happens because life happens. Yeah. And a little hiccup of a medical bill of a few thousand dollars or the car breaks down or and all of a sudden they're in panic mode. Right. And, and I think that's something else that um, I will speak for you and me, that we're very aware of that when we talk to our clients and we will advise them. It's ultimately their decision. Right. If they want to spend their max, they can. But I always approach it like this. This is your max and make sure you're completely comfortable because if life happens, right. I don't want to come back here and have to help you sell this property right. to get you somewhere that's smaller or somewhere that you're uncomfortable. Yeah. So I've got a question for you, Troy. All right. Buyers ask me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Real Estate Talk. And remember, this is part of a five episode series where Denise Donahue, the mortgage nerd, and I sat down, spent a couple hours, and just openly unscripted talk about the real estate market here in the Dallas, Texas area. If you missed an episode or just want to revisit an episode, check the descriptions for the links. If you have questions for me or Denise, check the description. There are links so that you can reach us directly or you can always leave a comment. And if you found this information helpful, click subscribe and the bell so you're alerted every time I upload another video. Until next time, my friends, make it a great day.